Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I read a tweet last week. Isn't Twitter great? You can just say whatever you want. And if you come across confident as an expert, people might actually believe you. It's kind of like a podcast for authors. Anyway, I digress. I read this tweet last week claiming that solar energy, you know, the capture of energy produced by that big ball of inferno in the sky, well, it's supposed to overtake coal in terms of global power production by the year 2027. Taking a look at the calculator, clickety-clack-clack-clack, looks like that's only four years away. We get a long way to make up if that's actually going to come true. So where did this come from? The person that was tweeting showed a graph from the IEA, which is the International Energy Agency. The IEA has made the claim, or did make the claim in 2020, that solar would surpass coal by 2027. Keep in mind, coal is the number one producer of power in the world. So in 2020, the IEA said that worldwide energy production by solar would surpass the number one producer coal in the year 2027. In order, power was produced in 2020 by number one, coal. Number two, natural gas. Number three, hydropower, followed by number four, solar, then wind. I don't know how the IEA forgot that nuclear power was a thing, because it didn't even make the chart, but that's another topic. The estimation by the IEA from 2020 that in 2023, this year, solar is going to surpass hydropower in terms of world production. By 2026, it's going to surpass natural gas. And then finally, in 2027, it will surpass coal power, being the number one power source in the world. Obviously, as investors, we are looking for ways to grow our investment portfolios. And heck, if we can help the planet at the same time, that's what you call a win-win. So in today's episode, we're going to take a dive into the number of surrounding solar power issues, the solar power benefits, and how we can make money on the boom that is solar power. You're listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams, so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. Let's get into it. Here in the U.S., solar has been gaining a lot of attention, even in the Midwest where I live. The Midwest, if you don't know, is that place of land between California and New York where all the vegetables for America are grown specifically corn. Seems like everywhere I live has corn. The thing about it is it's not really that sunny. I would say the weather where I live is much closer to London than it is LA. Yet solar panels seem to be popping up on people's rooftops all around. I don't really know how the world works apparently because I would think you would actually need direct sunlight for solar to make sense. But hey, I think there's free government money being thrown around so people are going to take that free money. They're going to put solar on the roof whether it works or not. The thing is, I didn't really realize how much solar I had been seeing until I left the country. My wife and I went to South Africa in January. And if you don't know, South Africa in January is the summertime. South Africa, you may also not know, has a power problem. 
To deal with this power problem, the lack of power on their grid needed to power the whole country, they have planned blackouts all around the country. Rich or poor, blackouts are happening. You get a notification almost like, hey, you're supposed to take your trash out on Monday. But you get this notification instead of the trash that says, hey, on Monday, you'll have no power from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. And then you just have to plan your day and your week around having no power on Monday from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. All around the country, this is happening. This is how they're dealing with their power problem. They just shut power off. You see, this might make sense if you live in Ukraine or the Midwest of America. It doesn't seem to make sense for South Africa, a country with many, many, many abundant natural resources. One of those natural resources being tons of sun and tons of land. My wife and I, in the midst of one of these rolling blackouts, took a four-hour drive from Cape Town due east to where the place for our safari was. Great, by the way. Loved it. Good time. It was a beautiful drive, surrounded by mountains on both sides, ocean to the south of us, this vast, vast land for four hours. We saw maybe 100 people on this four-hour drive. 100 people for four hours. And we saw some springboks. We saw some sheep. We saw a few wine vineyards, but you know what we didn't see on four-hour drive through the vast, empty, sunny land of South Africa? We didn't see one solar panel. For a country to have massive amounts of sun and massive amounts of land and apparently a massive power problem, to not have solar panels right outside the largest city in your country, it just seemed crazy to me. What is South Africa doing? And then I got home, and in the gray, gloomy, rainy part of the Midwest of America, I see solar panels on rooftops. I see solar panels on car garages. I see solar panel installs for huge power along the highway. Is America actually doing something right? Or is South Africa just way behind the curve? Is solar the future of energy? Is the IEA correct? Well, Elon Musk thinks so. You guys know Elon has this little company called Tesla, which, by the way, also does solar power. Elon has had this idea for a long time that he wants to move the entire United States onto solar energy. Again, that would be good for his business, and it would be good for the world. So it's a win-win, right? Elon says that you can power the entire United States with a 100 by 100 mile patch of land. The idea, a longtime favorite of Elon's, resurfaced recently on Twitter when a certain user said, hey, Elon, you know, he bought Twitter, so now he's trying to use it to make other people use it, even though not many people use it. Anyway, one of the users said, hey, Elon, I remember you talking about solar power back in the day. What, what is the opportunity for solar to actually happen in the United States? And Elon says this, well, I know Bill Gates doesn't like solar. The Microsoft co-founder declared in 2011 that solar was, quote, cute, but real answers to power lie in nuclear. Well, Musk declared that Gates was definitely wrong, and he declared that solar power offers a one gigawatt per square kilometer. And then he cites this 2015 blog post by University of College of London. This guy named Andrew Smith wrote this blog post about how solar could power the world. And Andrew says this, I was really surprised and indeed touched to be cited in an argument between Elon Musk and Bill Gates. It was quite unexpected to this working class Gimsey to be witness on Twitter to resolve an argument between the billionaires. The post, which seemed pretty logical in its approach, did conclude that Musk was correct in his assertion. The scientist said, yeah, you could power America with a 100 by 100 square kilometer, not just mile, kilometer grid. 
It worked on the assumption that Musk was calling for a system saying, yeah, 10,000 square kilometers. And at the point, Musk had presented a map of his proposal without real measurements, but this teeny little plot of land in um, Nevada. The math goes like this. The United States uses 3,725 terawatt hours over the course of one year. If you want to get more nerdy, that equates to 425 gigawatts. It was then assumed an average of a photovolic yield of 0.24 gigawatts per square kilometer. This is based on the best panel of the market in 2015. Keep in mind, panels have gotten more efficient. It then looked at the data for the Amarillo, Texas solar panel installation. And at that time, the Amarillo, Texas solar panel installation was getting 21% efficiency. So do the math. 10,000 square kilometers multiplied by 0.24 gigawatts per square kilometer multiplied by 0.21 gives us 500 gigawatts of power. You don't need to be a math major to figure out that 500 is more than the necessary 425. So what do you know? Elon was correct. The science is pretty solid here. Musk wrote on his Twitter. Gates is wrong. (laughs) I love that. The renewable energy resource that would harness far exceeds our electricity demands and indeed our total demand for all energy services, not just those presently provided. Elon is saying, Bill, I know you love nuclear, which caveat, I also think nuclear power is a good solution. But Elon pointed out on Twitter, my math was correct. I can power the entire United States with a very small plot of land. However, as we all know, size isn't the only thing that matters. Panel size is just one part of the equation. I'm going to get into some math. Math alert. A one megawatt facility using 345 watt panels takes four to five acres. That includes things for like aisles for maintenance and security for fencing and inverters and transformers, but it does not include battery storage. America has many of these types of setups, like hundreds and smaller setups. Like I mentioned, driving by one on the side of the highway, you've got these setups with like, you know, the panels to walk through the the aisles and you've got these huge battery spots. And these types of solar installs produce one megawatt at high noon on the spring and autumn equinox, which we just had. So if the sky is perfectly clear and there's no clouds and there's no rain and there's no dust on the panels, you can look at that particular 345-watt panel. But this is where some of the math gets difficult because you're talking about perfect conditions with no clouds and no rain and no dust. So let's look at what has really happened. What public installations might come close to what Elon's proposing as the new boom of solar? How would we need IEA's estimates to surpass solar to surpass coal in the next four years, what are we actually doing to get towards that goal? Let's take a look. In San Luisco, California, there's a solar farm called the Topaz Solar Farm, and it ranks as one of the largest solar farms in the United States, offering 550 megawatts of power. It covers 4,500 acres, and that gives around 8.2 acres per megawatt. There is a huge solar panel system in India, Kamuthi Solar Power Station offers 648 megawatts over 2,500 acres. That ranks in just over four acres per megawatt. Now, according to real experts, not just Elon's quick figures, the system would actually require 16 times more space than what Elon quoted. 16 times. So Elon says you can do it by 100 by 100. Now you got that times 16 times the size of what Elon is talking. So how big? Think of that plant. That is a big old honking solar plant. 160,000 square kilometers. 
That's how big the plant would need to be to power a country like the size of America or Australia. That's about enough square kilometers to cover the entire country of Syria. That is a lot of land, 160,000 square kilometers. Well, it's a lot of land until you think about it. Because if you take Syria and you plop it on the size of a country like Australia or America, you're actually talking about less than 2% of the total amount of land available. If you've ever visited the middle of America or the middle of Australia, you know there is a lot of land available. So, even though Elon's theory on Twitter didn't include dust and clouds and it was in the perfect solar conditions, saying that it could get done in a 100 by 100 square kilometer plant, and you actually need a 160,000 square kilometer plant, something the size of Syria, you're still talking 2%. So it still seems like there is an opportunity. Because if you look at the IEA plan, less than 2% of the world's power is being produced by solar. And as investors, when you see something that has affordability, something that has a track record of proven power, and something that looks like it's got a lot of room to grow, you call that an investment opportunity. So after the break, we're going to dive in to see how can we profit off this earth-saving opportunity. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Elon is the loudest voice in the room pushing solar, even if his numbers were a bit off it still seems like an incredible opportunity for countries like the U.S. and Australia. So now let's focus on how, if these trends are truly going to come to fruition, how can we, as retail investors, profit? Get out your pencils, kids. We're going to make some money today. <laughs> We're at least going to come up with some ideas. Here are three different risk levels to invest in the coming solar boom. Number one, the quote-unquote safest way. As you know, I like to talk about stocks. I like to invest companies. But at the end of the day, I'm really a broad, passive index kind of guy. I like the S&P 500. I like the Dow Jones Industrial Average. I like the NASDAQ 100. I like things that have lots of companies invested that expand the entire market. So if one company goes under, your portfolio doesn't go under. So the quote-unquote safest way to get into solar, I'm looking, of course, at ETFs. If you want to invest in a general trend of solar power becoming a bigger deal, you can buy an ETF that tracks clean energy. An ETF, of course, allows you to buy a whole bunch of companies all at once. So if you're looking at getting into European solar power, you can invest in ticker symbol INRG for European investors. You can look at the ETF for clean energy ICLN if you want to look at investing into U.S.-based companies. And if you're looking for something on the Australian market, you can look at TANN. Right there, you've got three different solar power, clean energy ETFs 
boom, you can invest in those today and you'd be in the trend. Easy and a little safer, again, with air quotes, because you're diversifying across multiple companies. The second way is to actually research companies. Look at what company has an edge on another company and how can I profit from that specific company, actually picking shares or picking stocks. Well, by researching the best companies involved in solar energy, your potential return can be a lot higher than just picking the ETF. The ETF is the quote-unquote safer one because in that ETF, you'll have some winners and you'll have some losers. Hopefully, you've got more winners than losers and you make money on the ETF. But if you really know what companies are winning, you might be able to make money, especially in a market where things are down a bit right now, because one of these companies could be the next General Electric or it could be the next Oxy Petroleum. It could be the new power for clean energy. Particular companies right now that come to mind that I've looked up are First Solar. It's actually the largest solar company in the world, ticker symbol FSLR. There's also Brookfield Renewable Partners, ticker symbol BEP, and Solar Edge Technologies, SEDG. These are all American-based solar companies. If you're looking to invest in Australian solar, good luck, you coal-burning earth killers. <laughs> okay, just kidding. Australia has plenty of solar. If you're looking to invest on companies involved in the ASX, and if you're so inclined and you want to look at those, here are a couple. Clearview Technology, ticker symbol CPV. Origin Energy, ticker symbol ORG. Mercury NZ Limited, ticker symbol MCY. And there are at least 10 other solar companies on the ASX that you can look into. Now the crazy way, the speculator way. You see, as more clean energy hits the market, that's going to mean less coal-based energy. Companies won't be able to pivot to renewable energy will lose their current value. GE used to be the biggest company in the world. IBM used to be the most advanced technological company in the world. Kodak used to be one of the biggest companies in the world. What do these all have in common? They didn't pivot with the trend. So you can bet against these giants of energy now by shorting their stock. This requires careful planning and patience. And personally, I'm not really against shorting stocks, but it, it seems a little far-fetched shorting a coal company, but if you're in it for the long term, eh, I don't know. I'm just saying that there are, this, this is the third way. This is the crazy way. This is the speculator way of how you can make money due to climate change. If you want to stick it to these companies that have caused the global climate to go crazy, shorting their stocks is a way to one, stick it to them, and two, maybe make some money along the way if they fall with the rise of solar. So in conclusion, I think solar is a long-term investment, not just a quick trade. So if you're looking for a quick trade, I'm going to put money in today and make money tomorrow, solar is probably not your game. But you need to remember that sun is the world's number one energy source, and we only use its great potential up to 3% of the world's energy supply. So there is a huge growth potential in terms of the price of solar is getting more affordable. That means more people are actually going to be popping solar panels on their roofs. Maybe even South Africa might remember that solar is available. It's becoming cheaper to build power plants with solar energy than it is to build fossil fuel plants. So if you can get a cheaper solar plant than you can a new coal burning plant, well, this all adds up for a potentially very bright future. Yes, pun intended. You have been listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas market trends, and income streams so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We'll see you next week. This podcast is produced and published by Oregon Trail Investor in the USA. All information is for entertainment purposes only. The brand My Millennial Investor is used under license.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 